This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode, 26 centimeter. On this spoilerific bonus episode, we review the July 16th show in Chicago, Illinois at the Symphony Center Orchestra Hall from Weird Al's 2022, The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Dave, I am back home. We did not record after the show on Saturday night because I had such an early flight, but I am back in New York. Um, I can't say I'm well rested and I can give you a little bit of insight into that. Um, I don't know if you want to hear that now or if, if you want to hear it after, I guess that's up to you, Dave. Well, um, uh, that's an excellent question. I don't know what you're talking about, so I guess I'll leave it up to you to decide when the best time <laughs> to tell me is. <laughs> well, just in case I mess stuff up, I want to have the excuse out there because if people hear me messing up and then they decide to tune out. Uh, you know, they they will have done so without hearing the excuse. So let me tell you, Dave. Um, okay. While I had such an early flight, I did not go to sleep after the show. Um, so I just, I waited up and I flew home in the morning and I got home and took a, a brief nap. And when I woke up, there were hornets in my bedroom. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so I, uh, I tried to kill a couple, but they just kept coming out. They had uh, burrowed through the wall and were coming out under my windowsill. Um, I did get stung by a hornet, and it still hurts. Um, Ooh. And that was on Sunday around, I don't know, 6 o'clock. Um, and so we called our apartment people, and they're like, uh, oh, okay, yeah, we'll try and get you uh, an appointment tomorrow morning when we're back in the office. And we're like, no, call someone now. <laughs> we can't go in our bedroom. <laughs> um, so they finally like got a hold of someone, and the earliest they could come by was 8 a.m., so... We just had to sleep on the couch last night, and it was not comfortable. Oh, jeez. Um, so I'm a little bit exhausted still, and my arm still kind of hurts. Not too bad. Um, so that's my excuse, Dave. If <laughs> <laughs> uh, And the exterminator did come today, and they're taking care of the hornets, uh, hopefully. So, um, Wow. That's, that's my excuse. A, that's a heck of an adventure. Wow. <laughs> I didn't yes. have quite a. I didn't have quite an interesting day. I mean, I slept really well. My bed was comfortable. <laughs> there was no insects in my room at all. No, it was not, great. No insects trying to kill you. <laughs> no, no, that was fine. I mean, I saw a bee the other day, but it was outside. I, I think that's okay. <laughs> it was horrible, Dave. Well, um, <laughs> I had a great time the second night. I had a, a great time my whole trip in Chicago, um, but I would love to tell you all about it. Well, I'd love to tell. I'd love for you to tell me all about it, and I do want to say, <laughs> just mention how much fun episode twenty-five centimeter was with that whole crew of people we had in your <laughs> apartment. That was so much fun. I agree. I mean, I feel so bad because those. I mean, you and I are, are used to staying up late to do these things, but those guys were up until three in the morning. You were up till four in the morning recording that because <laughs> you're you're in a different time zone. You're in burrito burrito time. Um, but I have to say, yeah, that was just, that was so much fun. <laughs> I, 
I like, I think it's pretty crazy. You know, we, we do warn people or, and you know, everybody who was in on the call, you know, for episode 25 centimeter has listened to our bonus episode. So they know they run long. So they knew what they were getting into. Right. We do warn people, <laughs> but you know, it's interesting that we don't have a lot of uh, repeat uh, people coming back after. That this, is interesting. Uh, yeah. It just seems hmm. to be us. <laughs> hey, even Jackie doesn't want to come back after the first one. <laughs> or if she comes back, she immediately falls asleep. <laughs> um, all right. No, they're a lot of fun if anybody wants to get in on them. And, you know, sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have some more, more opportunities for yeah. that coming up. Uh, all right. So tell me about Chicago. Tell me about your second day in Chicago. Well, something very important first. I have to open my Coke Zero. Oh, there was like a a Coke Zero shortage in Chicago. I I could not find it anywhere. (laughs) I was going to mention, I don't think you did a Coke Zero solo on the last episode. I couldn't find Coke Zero. Mm. The best, the closest thing I could find, because Dave, I know we're we're in agreement here. In in the uh, hierarchy, it's Coke Zero, then it's Diet Pepsi. And I couldn't find Diet Pepsi even. I had to have the Pepsi... Max or the the, the the black label Pepsi and it's it's better than Diet Coke but it's not that much better <laughs> so I, I did not think it was worthy of a solo so uh. gotcha. all right well I'll do I'll, I'll do a Coke Zero solo to make up for it although I do have a plastic uh, bottle so it might not be as cool as it'll just be a hiss <laughs> well there it was it's a tiny little hiss <laughs> so um I had this. So, oh, oh, okay. So, I guess going back a little further. So, Jake and I shared a hotel room for Friday night, um, and he was only staying the one night because he had a, a band gig uh, on Saturday. So, he had to get up super early. He only ended up getting like two hours of sleep, um, and then he had to get over to his train ride back to Michigan. And um, so, I set an alarm for like 10 a.m. I was like, I'll get up and I can go have breakfast somewhere and explore the city. Uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> I slept through my alarm. I kept waking up and passing back out. So um, what ended up happening is probably closer to 3 o'clock, um, I met uh, Jeremy Samples at a pizza place, like uh, kind of a chain around Chicago, but known for, I guess, sh- authentic Chicago-style pizza. So um, I'd never had Chicago-style pizza in Chicago, so... <laughs> Uh, so we met there, we had that, uh, for lunch and we got to kind of, uh, uh, talk about, you know, the, the review and and more about the show and it it was nice to see him. And, uh, he had a, uh, a Cubs related event to go to before the show, but before that he took me to a bus stop where there was a sign that said Jackson Park Express. Um, so I, I did take a picture of the sign, um, but I elected not to ride said bus <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay yeah I, fair enough it, it it uh it didn't seem to appeal to me and, and he uh he mentioned that the the 52nd street or 53rd street they mentioned in the song is actually like a really bad part of town so, so oh. <laughs> he's like so uh you don't really want to go there anyway <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when Jackie and I were in Chicago a few years back, we we uh, opted to just take a selfie in front of in front of the Jackson Park Express bus and not actually ride it. So okay. I think you're I think, <laughs> I think you made the the right choice. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel unless like you I'm... actually had to go somewhere where it was was going. Right, and where I you was... wanted to meet the love of your life or something <laughs> like that. Well, I was so close to the venue, and and my hotel was close, so 
Um, I did not need to ride a bus, but uh, <laughs> maybe next time. Um, so I uh, just I was planning to go to Jeopardy, so I started heading to the venue shortly after. And as I was walking to the venue, I saw a Vans store. Um, so I stopped into the Vans store because uh, of, of course, wearing my checkerboard Vans shoes um, that were uh, mm-hmm. a special gift. And uh, they're black and white checkers. And so I'm looking around, and they had um, socks that were Vans socks that were black and white checker socks. So I was like, I got to get those, and I got to wear them with my shoes sometime. Um, and then they had a uh, like a, um, a reusable cloth bag that had the checkerboard all over it. So I was like, oh, I, I totally have to do this. So I checkerboarded <laughs> oh, nice. out, <clears throat> got those. Also on my way to the venue, I, I passed a Barnes & Noble. And so I wanted to look around to see if there were any of the uh, Weird Al books in there. And I couldn't find Black and White and Weird all over, but I did huh. find the original edition, the hardcover, of Weird Al seriously. So Oh, very cool. One for two. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool to see that in the wild. Um, so then I went to... And I think it's probably a good thing that you didn't find a copy of Black and White and Weird all over because you've been known to buy... a them in excess so you probably would have came home with another i probably would have wear it all over (laughs) it's so funny because the other day uh, i was talking to my boss and she she's like oh um her partner was in a barnes and noble and saw black and white and weird all over and i guess considered buying it for me because she knew i was such a big (laughs) fan and i'm like i'm so glad you didn't because i have 10 of them and she laughed and i was like no i honestly have at least 10 of them Um, so then I went to, if you remember from Friday, we ate at Potbelly before the show. Um, well, so I had mentioned to a couple of the other Al fans in Chicago, Hey, um, Potbelly's right there. Maybe we can meet there before Jeopardy. So I headed there and, uh, I walked in as soon as I walked in, I saw Fred, um, our good friend Fred. And so she's been having, she said she was having issues at the first show uh, Fred, if if you're not familiar with her, uh, you know another fellow, a, a huge Weird Al super fan, um, and she's also known for taking just really incredible photos of Al and the band, um, and she also paints her jean jackets for every tour, and does an incredible job. So she was, I don't think I even mentioned it on the the Friday show, um, but she was wearing this really cool, the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self indulgent ill advised vanity tour jacket that looked just like the logo, hand painted. Uh, so cool, but she was having trouble with her camera, um, for the days leading up to the shows and for the Friday show, um, where her battery was saying it wasn't a genuine Canon battery. Um, so it was like, it was locking her out of using the battery cause it wasn't like an official Canon battery, which is so stupid. Um, so she wasn't able to take photos Friday night. So she explained she got it fixed and she had to buy like a super expensive battery uh, to be able to take him Saturday. So uh, I was really glad she got that fixed. I'm really hoping to see some of her photos because I saw her at Jeopardy and during the show taking a bunch of pictures. Um, so after I saw Fred, I ran into my new friend, my new in-person friend, Marty Lick. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, he was getting some. He was getting a sandwich, and he was there with his wife, Heather, uh, who I got to meet for the first time. So um, I sat with them as they ate their dinner, and... Um, once they finished up, we headed into the venue um, for Jeopardy. Um, so Jeopardy, um, 
was off to a great start. I did not have to carry the ballots or get covered in toilet <laughs> paper, um, but it was really exciting. Uh, so I, I um, went in, and I guess before Jeopardy started, I, I meant to say um, I got to see Blair, and Blair, as promised, was wearing his uh, Weird Al Greatest Hits Volume 2 official Ooh. shirt, which was so cool, uh, and under that was wearing a Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast shirt. So he was representing... Wow. Uh, Great choice. The coolest Blair. way possible. I got to meet Blair's wife, Stephanie, who was with him. And uh, before um, Jeopardy started, I got to finally meet in person our guest from the podcast and, and longtime friend and listener and supporter, Jason Alchill. Uh, oh, so very I got cool. to, yeah. to meet him. And he was there with his son. I didn't meet his son until a little bit later. Um, but I eventually did. I think after Jeopardy, I got to meet his son. Uh, I believe his name was James. He was super nice too. Um, so <laughs> I think we've uh, on the podcast talked about the coffee tins um, and how we paid yeah. thirty dollars for them in <laughs> Los Angeles, in Las Vegas, Las, in Las Vegas. Vegas yeah. Then we paid ten dollars for them in Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. Now they're five dollars. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, so when Jeopardy started, um, when when JW introduced Marnie, who plays Vanna White, which is not the right name, <laughs> I guess, anymore, uh, since Vanna White's Wheel of Fortune. But when he introduced his assistant, assistant Marnie, he said, you may have seen her selling underpriced coffee tins in the lobby. Please welcome <laughs> Marnie. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny because I figured not many people would have gotten that joke. And I, right, right. I got to be one of the few um very cool so uh jw pulls some names out of the thing and who gets called but blair freeman oh no way that's awesome yeah so uh (laughs) blair goes up and he just and you know i don't know if people listening know blair dave you and i know blair and we know that he probably knows more trivia than almost anyone oh, yeah. on the planet. He, yeah, he's <laughs> indeed. He's a super fan, and I don't remember which which one of the Alcons, but maybe all of them. But at least one of the Alcons, he competed in the trivia contest and just like blew everybody away. I think so, he I won mean, the uh, Al yeah. Fest trivia. I think against Jackie and someone else. I believe he yeah, won. That, or... That's. Sounds like something Blair would have done. Okay. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a he's incredible, like knowledgeable about Weird Al, and also knowledgeable about just comedy music in general. And Doctor Demento stuff. He's, yeah, Doctor Demento. He's a he's a true his comedy music historian. So so yeah, he, uh, I'm guessing uh, without knowing who his opponents are, I'm guessing that Blair probably did pretty well. Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> um, they ended up having to change his name to, um, oh boy, I'm going to mess this up. I should have written this down. Um, life's not fair Blair because (laughs) the other two contestants did not get really anything right. And one of the other contestants landed on the daily double while he had zero points. (laughs) And so JW's like, wow, are you going to bet all of your zero points? (laughs) And then he's like, uh, to the guy, the guy's name um, was Tristan. He's like, Tristan, you know, you can bet your friend's points. And at that point, um, you know, the the first guy, Colby, he had like 40 points. Blair had like 1,400 points. Oh, jeez. Tristan had zero. So, um, or no, he had 700. So um, Blair 
all of Blair's points were went <laughs> to uh, Tristan, who got the question <laughs> right. So Blair went down to zero, and then Tristan went up to fourteen hundred. <laughs> So then the rest of the game, Blair was fighting to get his points back. Um, and he got really close to um, to where Tristan was and then uh, ended up uh, overtaking in Final Jeopardy and won. Gee, wow. So, I... Wow. It was so very, uh, yeah. so very some some very loose rules once again. Of I course. mean I wasn't aware I wasn't aware <laughs> of that particular rule. You know, I, I don't watch, you know, Jeopardy every single day, but you know, I've watched a, a fair number of the shows. I don't remember Alex Trebek ever saying that was a, a valid uh, rule. I'm gonna have to study the rules yes. of Jeopardy a little bit more. <laughs> Very interesting. If yeah. you have zero points and get the daily double, you can bet your neighbors points. <laughs> All of them. And then All take them. them. <laughs> well, and then take. Well, well, congratulations. It doesn't surprise me that Blair uh, fought his way back up from zero points to... To again you know, win it, so that's pretty pretty stinking majestic. Congrats yes. from all of us here at Dave Neeson's 2000s Weird Al podcast. Congratulations to you, Blair. And I, you may have already seen the question and answer uh, of the daily double, but I'll share it just um, in case sure. and for our listeners. Um, the question was, how many times is the word "hey" said in Fun Zone? Was this the daily double or was this the final? Jeopardy? This is final Jeopardy. I'm sorry. Okay, final Jeopardy. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually know that answer. Uh, that I would say. What is sixteen? Did you know that without um, checking? Yes, you knew that inherently. I did know that. Okay, I did know that. Well, what happened for me in the audience? Um, I was trying to sing the song <laughs> in my head, which is tough because it's largely instrumental. Um, <laughs> I came up with eight. Um, oh. And it turns out, so did Blair. Uh, Blair oh. came up with eight, um, but um, he very deliberately, so the audience and JW could see, added a times two after that. Um, but because the rules were very wacky anyway, uh, <laughs> he still won. <laughs> <laughs> Despite, I mean, him actually getting all of the points that were on that board. <laughs> Um, very yeah. cool. So it was very funny. It, it, you know, it was it was very entertaining. And the some of the questions were much harder uh, than the ones I saw on Friday. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I guess it's it's up it's up to. Uh, yeah, it's I of, guess maybe random choice how it is. But yeah. why couldn't we, when we were competing on VIP Jeopardy, get the question about Fun Zone? I would have gotten that correct. I know. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> it seems like we know the answers to all of them except the ones that we <laughs> the had ones to. that we get asked. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so after it's a conspiracy, it's a great conspiracy against Dave and Ethan. Hundred <laughs> percent. Looking at you, JW, host of Jeopardy. <laughs> so after um, after Jeopardy, um, a guy walks by. Um, uh, I was talking to Blair. We we're standing in the aisle, and a guy walks by, and Blair's like, oh, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, "I'll come. I'll come talk to you in a second. And I was like, "Oh, who's that?" And he's like, "That's Tim Cavanaugh from the Doctor Demento Show. Ninety nine oh, dead cool. baboons." And oh, wow. <laughs> um, what is it? I love I love her butt or I, 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 I was getting that name wrong. Um, <laughs> but the he is the guy who did this song that um, when we were talking to uh, Nerf Herder, they said that was one of the songs that um, they may be doing for the uh, 
uh, Covered in Punk Volume 2. Muskrat Love, maybe? No, know. it was... Uh, it was um, uh, I don't want to get it wrong, Dave. <laughs> Love Fish and Sausages? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to kiss her. Oh, I want to kiss her. I want to kiss okay. her butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. Uh, so... I was like, Blair, yes, you got to yes. introduce me to him. Uh, so he's like, okay. So uh, Blair took me over, uh, brought along his wife, Stephanie, and we went over and met Tim Cavanaugh and his wife, Chris, and they were just so nice. It was really, uh, uh, really great to talk to them and really good conversation. He, I guess, recently had uh, had cancer and has been suffering for that for a while, and um, it finally overcame that. So it was uh, it was really great. And uh, told him about the podcast, Dave. He seems interested in doing an interview, so it'd be really cool to have another Demento comedy music legend on the podcast. Um, So indeed, yeah, to see if we can get that set up. Um, Eh, eh. Also, I got to see uh, Insane Ian again, and uh, he was here for a second show in a row, and this was his twenty seventh (gasps) show. Ooh, Insane Ian Bonds, number 27. Ooh, congratulations to you. Welcome to the 27 Club, Ian. And I know Ian's a big, big, huge contributor when I, when I was actually updating it to the 27 list. So I'm sure uh, he's going to contact me at some point and say, hey, Dave, can you put on the 27 list that I have attended my 27th Weird Al Yankovic concert? That would be so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. From all of us here at David Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, congratulations, Insane Ian. Yes. And so um, I finally, after. Um, oh, no, this was after JW. Um, well, so I went up to merchandise because, as I learned the previous show, those blue tie-dye hats were going to be replaced with a new color so i had to pick some up uh for you dave and a couple other people who Mm -hmm. uh desperately needed them before they (laughs) are no longer available um and while i was up there while i was waiting in line um i ran into uh chad aka metal al and Ah, um, so his wife uh, laura had gone to the show friday night and then he brought his buddy who is the um guitar player in his band Catchwords uh, for this show, and it was his first time seeing Al, despite, you know, being a a fan and aware of Al his whole life. Um, Right. And so that was James. So I got to meet James, and and we were talking about it, and he was telling me which songs he was hoping to hear. And um, So they followed me uh, in the conversation while I was waiting in line. And then while I was getting in line, this, uh, this girl Christy came up to me, and she's like, Ethan, I'm, I listen to the podcast. It's so great to meet you. Um, oh, cool. I was like, oh, and so she didn't even have to ask if I was Dave or Ethan. She knew right away. And, oh, nice. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to show the level of fan she was, Dave, from the podcast. Uh, so I gave her some stickers, and uh, I just, you know, just making conversation. She was, she was really nice. And um, she, uh, I asked her, oh, how did you hear about the podcast? She said, well, I was at a coffee shop a few years ago and some guy was telling me about your podcast and mentioned that he was a guest on the podcast 
and that on MTV or VH1, he got his house redone by Al. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that's Jason Alchill. I just saw him. <laughs> He's here. She's like, really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Uh, so I thanked uh, Jason after the fact about that. I texted him and thanked him. Uh, <laughs> while I also was uh, up there hanging out, I got to see Anthony, uh, who works at the aquarium. So oh, I right, yeah. Ran into you him. mentioned him on the last uh, podcast. Yep. Yep. So he wasn't at the Friday show, but he was at the Saturday show, so I got to see him again. And then um, I sat right down in my seats. Um I was sitting right next to Jeremy Samples, and um, before anything started, if you remember when I was describing the backstage, behind the stage, it's like a big dome, and how there were actually a row of seats. Yeah. Um, We see some people entering to go sit down. I'm like, wow, how did these people get those seats? How did you get those seats? Wow. (laughs) Um, And upon closer inspection... It was none other than Suzanne and Nina Yankovic. Oh, well, so, that's how they got so that's those how they, seats. <laughs> they know somebody. <laughs> they know they know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they uh, they sat down um, as far over as they could to you know, so they're not like behind the 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 uh, the stage to get the best possible view. Um, and uh, at seven fifty eight, JW took the stage and. Uh, Emo came out. He was wearing the uh, Harlequin outfit, uh, okay, as yeah. I call the Harlequin. Oh, one, th- one yeah. thing I wanted to mention um, before that actually started, um, I, Jeremy was not able to attend Jeopardy, and, and so I asked him the final Jeopardy question, and his guess was 12. Uh, so he was oh. four <laughs> off, only 12 Hayes, so he was four <laughs> off. Um, and then Emo came out, and he took off, uh, as he did the previous night, his masks, and there were 12 masks. And Jeremy's like, oh, that's <laughs> that's what I was guessing. <laughs> it was how many masks. And then uh, it was so funny because throughout the evening, I think f- f- at least four or five of the songs Al played had the number 12 in them. So every time oh, Jeremy and wow. I would lean to each other and be like, 12. <laughs> uh, so that's a spoiler if you know which songs Al performs on okay. this tour that have the number 12 in them. But... Uh, <laughs> So, uh, well, there's a there's a good uh, final Jeopardy question. Oh my goodness! Of the number twelve, I jeez, I'd, I'd have to think that one. I'm trying to, think. Yeah, I, don't, I, I even know I even know the songs on the uh, I know. tour, and I'm trying to think of I which ones have remember. the number twelve in it. I didn't write it down, um, <laughs> but uh, so uh, eight thirty one emo left, so he had a, a much shorter set on Saturday than he did on Friday, um, and. As I was going to my seat before Emo, I saw Steve Chai, uh, who I've known for years, but I've never oh, actually yeah. met. Um, and so I saw him, but it was like they were flashing the lights. So I was like, Steve, uh, I'll see you after Emo. So I went <laughs> over after Emo, uh, and I met his wife, Nikki, and I kind of met his son, Max, um, <laughs> because his <laughs> I, was, I said hi to him, and he didn't respond. And uh, Steve and Nikki said, well, he's a teenager and he's got headphones in, so uh, he's deaf right now (laughs) or something. (laughs) He was playing a game on his phone. Um, So that was my 24th uh, show on the tour um, this year. And I guess that was Max's lifetime 24th show. Oh, So it was kind of cool that we were twins, um, although... 
I don't think he knew because he was busy <laughs> playing his game. But for being a teenager and, and having seen 24 Weird Al shows, that is insane to me. Um, I'm well, so you know, jealous. <laughs> be, be, being the uh, child of two super fans like, yes, uh, yes. like Steve and Nikki, I mean, you know, I'm sure that, that factored into it. Absolutely. Bit. Absolutely. But <laughs> even more jealous for, for that fact. <laughs> So then we had one of the shortest uh, intermissions yet, only 11 minutes long, 8.42. Oh, wow. Uh, the show started with Fun Zone. Oh, look at that. 16 Hayes, right? We, we, we counted, counted them. We counted them. <laughs> there were 16. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, cool. So Steve came out with uh, his regular glasses. He did not have sunglasses. Um, and Al had the sparkly red and black shirt. Um, I believe I've named this one before. Um, and this is also the shirt I believe he wore on the first show of the tour in Poughkeepsie. Um, I did not go to, to Instagram to see if Jared has my name written down. Um, but I still came up with a name and I think it might be similar or the same. Uh, I can't remember. (laughs) Okay. Uh, but I, I named it this time the poinsettia shirt. It's it's a sparkly red and black, and it kind of reminds me of like a Christmas poinsettia plant. Hmm. Okay. Um, so I think that was my justification last time, but I don't remember. <laughs> um, so shortly after, I uh, oh, so shortly after Fun Zone, Al came out, and they went right into Lame Claim to Fame. Oh. No, yeah. like, hello, Chicago, we've nope. been here before? Nope. Hmm, right into Lame Claim to Fame. Um, oh, because that, right, Al's not on stage during Fun Zone, so right. I'm sure he came out and just, right as Lame Claim to Fame was starting, I'm assuming. Yep, so, right into Lame Claim to Fame, and uh, you know the parts in Lame Claim to Fame where it's like, ooh-wee, like, you know those, like, uh, those parts? Yeah, sure. Well, I noticed that the lights went crazy while he was doing that. So, <laughs> oh, cool. uh, they were speci- specifically timed that when he, he did the ooey part, that they would go crazy in the dome, and it looked super cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so, after Lane Claim to Fame, he said, How you guys doing? Um, uh, he said, um, I remember last time I was in Chicago. I think it was last night. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, he uh, he gave it up for emo. He said emo. He's a true genius. You know we've been on the same bus this whole tour somehow, despite uh, <laughs> uh, our restraining orders against him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must then, be a really big bus, like five hundred feet right. long, to, to, for them to <laughs> have to stay that far apart. So then Al said. Uh, who wants to hear some deeply unpopular album tracks? And uh, <laughs> went right into Dog Eat Dog. And, oh. Uh, what was really cool about Dog Eat Dog, you know how they have those fr- the, the front-facing light uh, on Al for that one? Yeah. Uh, it made a huge Al shadow on the dome behind him. So oh, cool. It was, it was very cool. Um and I, let me just say something. I know I know he meant it as a joke, you know, again, deeply unpopular song. But I would say Dog Eat Dog is is got to rank up there as one of the uh, more popular of Al's originals. You think so? I think so. What is that based on? I, I wouldn't even know. 
It doesn't. Uh, it's just. I mean, it's been performed in concert before. It's you know a David Byrne style parody. You know, it's That's he's true. got a costume for it. You know, on other tours, he's has that big white suit. I, I, I think he's. Uh, well, I mean, I know he's doing it as a joke, but I think he's uh, underselling <laughs> that that song in particular a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so after, um, let's see. So I, let me talk about where I was sitting. So I was sitting in row L in the center section, just on the gym side of uh, of of uh, L. Um, okay. So I was far enough back that I did not have many lights. So my notes are really tough to read. Um, so <laughs> I apologize well. in advance with my lack of sleep and the uh, messed up handwriting. Uh, already my handwriting sucks, so this is, like, even beyond. Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> so Al picks up the accordion. He said, uh, he started talking about uh, being on the Jungle Cruise ride and the stupidest, corniest uh-huh. jokes you ever heard in your life are told the whole time. Um, and he did say, while I don't know the actual name uh, of the skipper that day, in my heart and mind forever, his name is Skipper Dan. So he did clarify that the guy's name was not actually Dan, which I thought was unique. I think we had that well, conversation at one yeah, point. Yeah, we did. We did have that conversation on the podcast on maybe even on an episode that, that dropped recently. Uh, but uh, so uh, yeah, it's cool to get that clarification. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the skipper's name wasn't Dan. He just said he did not know what the skipper's name. So it is potential that that skipper's name was Dan, although it's right. possibly unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> Probably uh, unlikely. So, uh, so well. Anyway, that's pretty cool. That I'm glad that we got that clarification because that is something. Yes, he's been telling this story. I've been wondering. You know, does is it, it's loosely based on on you know what this uh, skipper said about his failed you know acting career. Right. However, uh, however, you know, I wasn't sure how how you know true to it was. Was the skipper's name really Dan, or was it just something that Al made up for the song? <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I'd be curious. Um, well, I mean, Al said he, it's, he doesn't know the skipper's name, right? So it's he's good chance that he made that up for the song. Or maybe he does know the skipper's name, and he just wants to avoid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he knows that I'm taking notes, so he didn't want <laughs> you know to have that guy come back for royalties. <laughs> So um, it'd be interesting if that uh, skipper was someday, you know, if that skipper was not a Weird Al fan, and somehow, you know, a couple, you know, years later was listening to uh, to the uh, the song Skipper Dan, and, and came across and said, "Wow, this song really speaks to me." Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. It's almost like he wrote this song with me in mind. Well, you you said that there was a Weird Al fan that you had as a skipper that one time when you were out for oh, the uh, star. Oh, sk- skipper Christine, yeah. Did, Christine Slipson, yeah, absolutely. Did yeah. she mention, do the others... I, I have to imagine, if you're a skipper at this point, you know the song Skipper Dan. I, I'm sure I've uh, I've spoken to her about that, and I'm pretty... I mean, I'm going off memory here. It's been a couple of years since I've spe- spoken to Christine. But yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that uh, she says that they're very familiar with that song yeah. there. Yeah, because I can't... The Jungle Cruise ride. I mean, if, <laughs> yeah. if there was a job called... Or if there was a song called, uh, you know, um, 
Live. Dave and Ethan's 2000 is Weird Al podcast. <laughs> well, no, would, no. Would we, would we be familiar with it? We probably would if, be. If there was a song called, uh, you know, Live Entertainment Producer Jeff, uh, you know, I probably <laughs> know of that song, even though it's not my name. I probably, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, because the back of the stage was this giant, beautiful dome, uh, I was really excited for the waterfall lights, and it did not, oh, yeah, it did yeah. not disappoint. Uh, it was, you know, the whole dome was filled up with like moving uh, lights and it, it just, it looked really uh, pretty stinking majestic. Oh, that sounds really cool. I mean, I, after you mentioned the, you know, the dome on the last episode, I went and I, uh, I looked for pictures of the theater online and, and I could, so I could picture what you were talking about. And I, and I would say that, you know, if our listeners haven't done that yet, they should definitely Google what the uh, inside of this theater looks like to get the, the picture. I'm imagining what it looks like, the waterfall just covering that entire dome, and, and I can imagine how awesome that looks. Yeah, yeah super cool. <laughs> um, so then uh, Al started talking about how there's a lot of misinformation out there. He mentioned on cable news and on the internet, and, um, bef- and that's actually what brings me to my first Ethan suggestion of of the evening. Oh, okay. It's Ethan suggestions. I, I didn't turn <laughs> turn the mic. Let's try it again. As uh, as we mentioned in last centimeter, um, currently Frank is on... Well, he's on the vacation that we... We are on the vacation from Frank. Because <laughs> Frank is on vac- Frank is on vacation. In- Our intern Frank is on vacation this week. However, he is still working. We are the ones on vacation from right, him. Right, right, exactly. He is yes. off working somewhere else. But the vacation is that <laughs> we don't have to see him. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> that means that I have to play this myself. So here, I'll, I'll try it again with the mic turned. See if this is better. It's Ethan suggestions. All right. All right. The first of probably many Ethan suggestions. All right. Let's hear what this one is. So Al's talking about misinformation that people hear on cable news and the internet. I think that he needs to also mention podcasts because not only, Dave, do we have a podcast um, that Al listens to, but... He uh, he should mention because there are podcasts out there that spread misinformation. So I think that, uh, <laughs> you know, he should mention podcasts. Maybe it would be nice to mention our podcast by name, but that's not the suggestion. Wait, wait. So, so yeah, but, well, I don't like that idea because then you're suggesting that we spread misinformation. And I don't think we necessarily do. Definitely not on purpose. We, we uh, Well, the, the same way that, you know, there are cable news and internet sites that don't spread misinformation. There are cable news and internet sites that, that do. So Al could mention podcasts and then he could say one that does not spread misinformation is Dave and Ethan's <laughs> 2000 inch weird Al podcast. And then he would say, let's take a break and play their theme song and then play it. And then he'd say, but there are other podcasts out there that are known to spread misinformation. So the only uh, place that I know except for Dave and Ethan's 2000 Weird Al podcast, that doesn't spread misinformation is the Weekly Midnight Star. That's what he should say. That's the <laughs> suggestion, Dave. <laughs> 
Well, if he says it in those exact words and does that exact thing, then I will co-sign it. But I don't know. I don't like the idea of putting a mis- putting Dave and Ethan's 2000s Weird Al podcast and misinformation in the same sentence. Mm, not well, liking the way that one's going. Well, maybe he doesn't mention our podcast, but he could mention that, you know, the medium of podcasts. He could say, yeah. he could say cable news, internet, podcast, not about Weird Al, uh, spread misinformation. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Although I I don't know if that's even fair. So I think maybe he he needs to say what we suggested earlier. Um, Indeed. Anyway, Midnight Star was next. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was great. Um, I ha- I have to stop you here, Ethan, because uh, uh, we haven't talked about this yet. But uh, I need you to. Uh, to write down your prediction for what my song oh. of the uh, night's going to be. Oh, I haven't done that yet. Um, <laughs> I mean, even though I wasn't at this show, I mean, I am back in New Jersey. I was in New Jersey. You were the only one to witness the show, and, and uh, you don't have any special guests on this particular episode to, uh, to help you uh, sell sell the, the song that you think is me. But I'm uh, going to definitely try to, I'm going to, based on your descriptions, try to figure out what... Uh, what uh, Dave's pick of the night is going to be, of course, having not seen it, but I do need you to uh, right. make a prediction. All right, I've written it down. Okay. I'm folding it up so I don't cheat and look at it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Good. You wouldn't want to know what you wrote. That you might influence you. That's right. <laughs> um, All right. Okay. So after Midnight Star. Um, El said, um, I can sense the tension. You've been polite. Uh, let's just do it! Drum solo! And so, Drum solo. Uh, Bermuda, he did maybe half a dozen hits and cymbals. Oh, wow. And then um, after he finished, Al looked over at Jim, and Jim was still tuning. And then so Al turns back to Bermuda and said, More! <laughs> <laughs> and so Bermuda did kind of the same thing. Uh, but then he added in some more symbols, and then he ended it with a cowbell hit. <laughs> so, oh wow! So I don't know if that if that counts as something different than just a drum solo, but I feel like it should be listed as drum solo and encore, or drum solo and more. Or I don't know. Um, mm, drum solo, drum solo reprise with cowbell. Well, it wasn't specifically called a drum solo reprise, so that's where. Um, drum solo and then drum solo with cowbell. Hmm, interesting. Well, we're going to leave that up to the uh, spreadsheet experts yes. like Brad uh, Hebert who can uh, help figure out how to list that one. Now, I don't want to come across, I don't want to um, sound weird as I say this, but when there's someone sitting behind the stage, it's hard not to notice them. <laughs> <laughs> so while I wasn't staring at uh, Al's wife the entire show um, every once in a while I would uh, as I'm glancing around uh, notice and um, notice her and I noticed that for the next song which I haven't announced yet um, she really seemed to enjoy that one and it was really like moving her head to that one and that huh. song um, she must have been excited because it's uh, one of the new ones, apparently, that was premiered this tour, Frank's 2000-inch TV. Wow. So, uh, apparently, Suzanne is a fan of Frank's 2000-inch TV, 
Um, or maybe there was a hornet flying around her head. <laughs> that song. Um, it kind of reminded me of when we were at the Santa Barbara show and we were sitting in the box and like multiple people that we knew after the show were like, oh yeah, I saw you rocking out during this song. I think it's, <laughs> right. it's not like people are being creepy. I think it's just like if something's in your line of view, you can't help but notice it. Um, but uh, Frank's 2000 Inch TV was great, of course. And um, after that, Al, Al said, it's time to play a country song. And he said uh-huh. it was the country of Jamaica. and uh went right into buy me a condo and Hmm. so one thing i noticed during this song was that um you know the line where it goes hey weenie barbecue and it's 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 not said like weenie barbecue it's weenie barbecue um For each beat, weenie, bar, ba, cue, the lights changed for each one, huh. which was really cool. Um, it, it seems like they're getting like way more advanced <laughs> with the lights and, <laughs> and lining up with like very specific parts in the song. And it just it it's just so cool. And maybe it's something that's happened before. And it just there's so much to notice that I just haven't right. noticed before. But. I was just like blown away when I when I saw that. Very um, cool. So that's something to watch for, Dave. Is the uh, okay. weenie barbecue? Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so after that, Al said, "This com- that concludes the culture- cultural appropriation uh, part of <laughs> <Right>. the evening." <laughs> and then he said, uh, "I've been feeling kind of nostalgic lately, so I want uh-huh. to sing about my childhood." Okay. And then he paused, and then he said, Drum solo reprise! Whoa! (laughs) And then after the drum solo reprieve, (laughs) reprise, uh, went right into good old days. (laughs) Huh. So, um, that's why, I I didn't want to say it, that's why I didn't want to call the other one a drum solo reprise, because there was a literal drum solo reprise. (laughs) Interesting. So this is sort of a very Bermuda-heavy uh, solo so far. With yes. Two, yeah. two drum solos, a cowbell, and a drum solo reprise. All right. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but it wasn't just like – it wasn't a cowbell solo. It was a single hit of that cowbell at the end of the drum solo, That uh, the more drum solo. All right. right. And now I have one more solo for you, Dave, a Coke Zero solo. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and um, – it was really, um, it was cool during, during at least the first half of good old days. Um, Steve was completely turned around in his chair, just kind of playing along and admiring watching Steve, or watching uh, Al and Bermuda while um, hmm. while the song was going, before he got to uh, any of his singing parts. Uh, so then, um, then I tried to take notes. There's a lot he said here, but he said, um, I have some advice for... Um, you know, songwriters, you want to be relatable. Um, and so he said, um, oh boy, <laughs> these notes are <laughs> real bad. I was writing real fast. Um, essentially he said, um, eh, he wanted to be relatable. <laughs> so he wanted to write about a topic that, uh, 
that uh, people could relate to. So uh-huh. he's like, you know, if you are, um, if you are on an airplane, you find your flight attendant attractive, you know, it would be kind of creepy to just go up to them and ask for their number. So uh, instead, you know, as we all know, you go on every flight that they're on for the next six (laughs) months and hope she falls for you. Right, guys? Right? Right, guys? (laughs) (laughs) And so then he said, uh, uh, here's a song about that highly relatable topic. And of course it was uh, (laughs) Airline Amy. (laughs) Very yeah, cool. Yes, and uh, yet another. I feel like he's you feel like he's done that introduction. Yes, before, but yes, yes, yeah. Um, but uh, yet again, Alexis Adams has missed out on an airline Amy performance. <laughs> uh, and uh, this is the song where there's sort of like a um, um, the dueling uh, solos between Jim and Ruben. And so right. again, as we've seen him do in the past, Al completely would turn and face them during their solos. Um, and then at the end of the song, of course, Al is playing the tambourine, or as it's better known, the jingle dingle, or dingle jingle. Is it dingle jingle or jingle dingle? <laughs> I think it's. Oh, no. It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I have to ask one of our podcast experts on that one. I think it's the dingle jingle, or the jingle dingle. I don't know. It's one of those <laughs> they two. They both sound right. Uh, so at the end, I like how I went from getting the name tambourine wrong to now I'm getting the, the name I... <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of or wrong. Um, so at the end of the song, Al tossed it up in the air and caught it. Uh, so it was a very uh, cool, oh. cool ending. Um, and so Al said, um, while he's doing a lot of originals tonight, uh, now he's going to do a cover. It's a, a Doors song uh, from the time <laughs> of the Summer of Love. And it's from mm. a, uh, it wasn't widely released, it's from a Belgian import bootleg, and it only came <laughs> uh, a popular song uh, recently because it was written about Craigslist, uh, <laughs> you know, of course. Right. Um, and yeah. it was very cool when, you know, already Craigslist's uh, lighting with the rainbow lights and the moving lights is really cool, but it was just like times 12 uh, oh, exciting with dome. that dome. Yeah. It was so cool. It was going everywhere. Um, and That's, yeah, it's got it. That had to look amazing. Yeah. So. Uh, it's it's hard to go through all of the uh, you know the different things uh, that Al said. He did mention the baby shark on the Texas did radio. He, uh, did he uh, mention the? Did you catch the uh, coffee shop? The coffee shop was. Um, my writing is really bad, Dave. Uh oh. <laughs> Intelligent. Oh no. Java. Intellijava. Hmm. On Jackson Street. Perhaps. Tele Java. I'm going to type it into Google. Tele Java Jackson Street, Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not not sure. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what it was. Uh, I know Jeremy would know because he he i saw him uh type it out on his phone um 
so he talks about um, instead of a the skull of a stray dog, it was the skull of a stray cat. Um, he did do the bit about um, tearing the tags off the mattresses, and he did what I have to imagine had to have been a shout out to um, Suzanne and Nina because the Native American was holding a poodle named and then I'm sh- I don't know if, if you're weird like this Dave but uh, I'm definitely weird like this my cat Coogan's has like a ton of names so like her full name is Coogan's McAllister Majumdar Vanessa Kashina the cat almond like it's this crazy like long <laughs> wow. complicated name that sounds really weird when I say it fast so when Al said um, the Native American was holding a poodle, he said, you know, Sandy Bobana, you know, like he said this like whole thing that sounded like maybe it was, you know, a nickname or a long name that they uh. have. Like it sounded like a personal nickname they have for their, their dog, Sandy, uh, their poodle, Sandy. So, um, okay. I was not able to write that all down, um, but I think it was a nod to, um, to Suzanne and Nina, gotcha. b- based on my best, um, <laughs> my best uh, I guess uh, so then he said um, oh boy <laughs> oh boy Dave he said are you Uh-oh. ready to rock and then um, you know of course uh, we had already lost um, the rhythm section so uh, he said uh, well how about we do a pow- power ballad and um, he turned to Jim, and Jim said, "Oh, we can rock in a mellow way." <laughs> <laughs> and then Al said, "This next song is dedicated to close personal friends Johnny Depp and Amber Heard." And the song was, <laughs> "You don't love me anymore." <laughs> okay. um, now, two two things I noticed. Uh, one was a few rows ahead of me. There was a woman with her cell phone. And on her cell phone was a video of a flame, <laughs> and she was waving that um, as like someone waving a lighter. But she was waving oh, a video okay, yeah. of a flame. Uh, that's a cool idea. Um, yeah. And the way she was waving it was pointing back towards the audience, not towards Al. Um, so I saw her do that for a little bit, and then put it away. And I didn't notice anyone else doing anything. Um, and if you remember. Uh, when I talked about how I really missed Al having, you know, the guitar prop and smashing into the end, um, and you you correctly pointed out that on their shirt they say no props allowed. Um, right. Well, I have something to share, Dave. Uh, during this song, you know how uh, in the past when they perform it live, Al will pick up the guitar as if he's getting ready to play it, and then he puts it down yes. right as he sings. So. During this rendition of You Don't Love Me Anymore, Al picked up the tambourine, a.k.a. Jingle Dingle, a.k.a. Dingle Jingle, as if he was going to play that and then put it down. So I don't know if that counts as a prop or not, Dave, but um, if it does, he unlocks the possibility now of having a guitar to smash. Mm. But he did not smash Mm. the tambourine at the end of the song. (laughs) But it got a huge laugh from the audience when Al um, was preparing to add tambourine to the song wow yeah i don't know if that counts or not because uh, because uh, the guitar is definitely that he smashes is definitely a i mean it's a real guitar we've confirmed that with with chemo but it's definitely a, a prop you know that is intended to 
to be destroyed. Uh, I, I, the uh, tambourine is only there because, or the jingle dingle is only there because he's <laughs> done. He does airline Amy with it, right? Well, CNR and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's, mm. it is a prop when he goes to play the guitar, too. It's not only there to be smashed. It's there to look like he's about to play it. Anyway, <laughs> we can have that discussion another right, time. Right, but it's but it's only there. It's only there. Sole purpose is to you know be a prop for that song. Well, the jingle dingle has other uh, has other right, but use, it has it, other. It wasn't needed jobs. on the stage after airline Amy. So once it is no longer needed, does it become a prop? Know. I don't know about that. All right, all right. Well, no, I mean, he's just saying. So, so as soon as he puts down his accordion, once he's done his last song that has accordion on it, he could pick that up and smash it. I don't think so. Well, he could. Well, but he or he could pick (laughs) it it up and prop. Yeah, I mean, he could use it as a prop. It's. Mm -hmm. I think it's all in how the item or article is used, and if it's not being used as an instrument and it's being used, then it's being used as a prop. But. You know, this, but maybe you're right. Maybe since it was already on stage, it still fits the the classification from the T-shirt rules. Well, yeah, not just because it was on stage, because it's actually being used in the performance. Okay. So since it entered the stage as an instrument, it retains that <laughs> title when it comes to the legal discussion of whether or not it's a prop. Right. I mean, you don't know that, that he was necessary. I mean... I, I think we know it's pretty obvious he was doing that as a joke, but maybe, maybe <laughs> a tiny little fraction of him said, I wonder what you don't love me anymore would sound like if I added tambourine. And then he thought about it and then he said, you know what? When I wrote this song, I did not include a tambourine. I should probably stick to my original composition. Not chance it. It's worked so well since. It's worked so well for the last uh, what thirty years? Almost last thirty years. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it. Well, yeah, I guess that was that was the uh, inner turmoil I saw in Al's eyes. <laughs> Dave, how how is yes. it that these these uh, review episodes are so long? <laughs> I don't know. I can't imagine. It's not like we go off on tangents or anything. We really stick right to the script. Uh, so, so after that song, Al said he wants to introduce the new guy in the band, uh, of course. And uh, he said um, he may look familiar because he is the uh, keyboard magazine sexiest keyboard player of 1982. <laughs> and uh, and then Al, Al's like, come on, come on, do, do the pose, do the pose. <laughs> he had Ruben kind of walk out uh, where people could see him more, and he did like a sexy pose. And while while he was doing it, Maruna played like a little like kind of like um, I, I like if you're watching a like a cartoon and someone's doing a sexy pose, he played whatever that little ditty is that, that <laughs> you'd expect. <laughs> so he he just played something little uh, very briefly um, for the pose. And then, uh, you know, after we got to see um, uh, the uh, 40, 40 years running Sexiest Keyboard Player, then they went into Why Does This Always Happen to Me, um, which was a ah. great rendition. And um, uh, Ruben's uh, keyboard skills were uh, the top of his game uh, after <laughs> <laughs> after flaunting to the audience. <laughs> 
I've got to ask you, were there any uh, audible El Maestros that you picked up or heard? I did hear an El Maestro, yes, uh, but ah. it was not super audible. I did hear it, though. Um, okay. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he Okay, so he, um, he picks up the accordion and he said uh, he got a phone call from industry bigwig Clyde Davis. Um, Clive Davis, yeah. Clive Davis, of course. Uh, and he was weeping on the phone and told Al <laughs> that the record industry is in the toilet. And oh. uh, you know why it was in the toilet, Dave? It's because of all of the illegal downloading by hooligans. Oh, hooligans. <laughs> so we got our hooligans that uh, we missed out on last night. We got the hooligans um, for oh. the Saturday show. Um, I don't know if he always does hooligans at uh, Don't Download the Song, but... Um, Usually it's it's pretty common during uh, Biggest Ball of Twine. We did not have it, so it was nice to have it for Don't Download This Song. It was nice to hear hooligans sh- shouted in Chicago. Um. Yeah, I feel like I've heard it for Don't Download This Song. I think I have, but too. Yeah. But Don't Download This Song, I mean, if, unless my memory is going, because it was like 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, when we were recording the last one. But didn't he do Don't Download This Song uh, at the first show? No, he did not. Oh, he did not. I must be thinking of something else. You okay. must be thinking of something else. I must be. Um, yeah, I think I would have noticed Maybe I'd be confused with the hooligans. Uh, I probably was confused with the hooligans and the twine ball. Yeah, because okay, we talked about hooligans not being yep. in uh, twine ball. Um, yep, that's what it was. Okay. So, uh, don't download this song. It features uh, toenail lights, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> and... Uh, of course, um, as they were the first night, they looked incredible on the big dome. Uh, the toenails going everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and while I did see one person waving a cell phone behind me, there was actually a much larger contingent of people doing an arm wave, uh, similar to when we've seen people do arm waves for Amish Paradise in the past. Um, so there was oh, okay. there was some motion in the ocean, but it was not uh, it was not lit up <laughs> this time. So okay, uh, that was pretty interesting. Um, and um, I was seated to large Albanian women during the show, so I didn't actually have much room to uh, to wave my arm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I was only seated next to one large Albanian woman, and then Jeremy was next to me. So I feel bad because I probably was squishing on Jeremy a little bit. Um, <laughs> but during, uh, and I think we've seen him do this before, but it's just always funny for me for Jim's line. You deserve it. He pointed at someone in the audience, right? right. <laughs> he like physically stops playing guitar and screams at the person. You deserve it. I just think it's so funny. <laughs> it's funny. And I aspire to be that person at a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe one day your dreams will come true. You can be the volunteer that is picked for Dare to be Stupid, and you can be the uh, person who deserves it for Don't Download This Song. Right. So um, so then Al started talking about how he has a... Uh, um, I, he said a lot here, uh, and it was different enough that I, I was trying to take down as much as I could. But he has a family-friendly... Um, you know, uh, good for, for like, uh, road trips, um, 
you know his his music can be played um around i guess family members and uh-huh. so there's uh often thought of nothing in his songs to make grandma soil her underwear <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he said this tour, you know, there's a lot, uh, you know, he went into the kind of his, his spiel after that, after grandma soiled her underwear <laughs> and went into, wow. um, uh, I remember Larry, of course. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, when I associate, uh, grandma soiling her underwear, I think of, I remember Larry, of course. <laughs> and, of course. um, Al singing, like Al, obviously as fans of Al, we are fans of his singing, um, but he was really, really belting and, and really doing a great job on I Remember Larry. So much so that I, I felt compelled to write it down. Um, hmm. So uh, during I Remember Larry, um, Steve, I guess, had a, a little break in what he had to play. So he took a picture. Um from the stage. Okay. Um, and then after the song, after I remember Larry, um, they had um, decided to let someone in the audience choose what came next. <laughs> okay. And uh, everyone started screaming, it's out, and we're going to, I'm just going to pick one person. And uh, son of a gun, he picked Jim Kimo West. Oh, wow. And okay. Did not see that coming. No. Um, and what surprised me is Jim chose to hear a bass solo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he must Good have job. still needed some time. Because <laughs> he chose the bass solo. And uh, so Steve did one strum. And then Al said, Steve J, what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went right into When I Was Your Age. I like, I, you know, I like that. I don't know if that was, like you said, if that was intentional or if he just needed some more time to tune. Or, <laughs> I, like, I like that uh, little twist on the uh, having an audience member pick something, goes to chemo, and chemo decides that he wants to hear Steve J. What a guy do a bass. So I like that twist. I loved it. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't recall him ever calling for a solo before, him or Steve, when they've been picked. I feel like they always just pick the song. Right. Um, so uh, they played when I was your age, and then after when I was your age, I heard the uh, that loud like kind of like um, repeating sound, which can only uh-huh. mean one song is coming up. And I always keep track of what number song we're on. And um, when it comes to Albuquerque or Twineball, that's either song seventeen or eighteen, depending on if um, I want to if Wanna Be Your Hog was played. So when I saw that this was song 16 and it was not um, going to be a Christmas song, I was very surprised that there would be no Christmas songs uh, in Chicago oh. played, um, which I feel like anytime we have seen a two-show weekend, at least one of the shows has at least one Christmas song. So I was surprised because uh, that repeating sound went right into... Uh, Velvet Elvis. Velvet Elvis, yeah. Um, okay. So, and I knew that that had to be the last song before either Albuquerque or Twineball, and, and um, we'll see if I was right. But first I want to, <laughs> to mention that um, for Jim's guitar solo in Velvet Elvis, uh, Al completely turned um, and faced Jim entirely. 
<laughs> okay. Um, Elvin Elvis. Boo, boo, boo. Um, oh, no, Dave. I cannot read this. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's, I it, can't help you. <laughs> it looks like it says, Bro PR coming out a couple of months. Oh, biopic coming out in a couple of months. Uh, yeah, I say the movie's coming out. Okay, okay. Phew. <laughs> help, thanks, Dave. You helped me there. Um, <laughs> and then he, he said, uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe is playing me. And then this is different than what I've heard him before. He then said Rain Wilson is playing Dr. Demento. I don't think he's mentioned Rain Wilson before um, hmm. when I've not, when not I've the show. Yeah, not the shows we've been at. Yeah. And uh, of course, he said, uh, you know, this biopic is a little redundant because he already wrote a song about his life story. And then they went into Albuquerque. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Al got to the hermaphrodite disclaimer. And again, he followed uh, special guest Jackie's advice. He did not say working <laughs> um, sex organs. And. Uh, during the middle of the song, he drank from his uh, cup on stage, and he tossed the cup, but he did such a strong toss, it may or may not have actually gone over Bermuda's shield and landed on the drums. Wow. So I wasn't <laughs> able to see based on where I was, but uh, it certainly could have. <laughs> wow. Um, so I didn't count them, but I believe there were 25 donuts. Let me count them real quick. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Um, so we didn't get any new ones. None of our suggestions, Dave. Uh, Mar hmm. Marion Barry was back. Um, Holly okay. Berry was there. And Chuck Berry was there. Uh, Chuck Berry, yep. But we did not get any Dingleberries. We did not get any... <laughs> Snozberries or uh, smogberries, smogberries yeah. uh, or crunchberries or crunchberries, yeah, booberries. Um, now this is this is debatable. I heard one thing in, and um, <laughs> and uh, Jeremy heard a different thing. So uh, the first two pet names were Sweetie Pumpkin and Honey Muffin, but then the third one was I thought he said. Snooky Snookums. <laughs> okay. And uh, Jeremy thought he said Snooky Boogers. So I, pref I prefer what Jeremy heard. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hope it was Snooky Boogers because uh, that's a, a quite hilarious name. Uh, so not sure. It's either Snooky Snookums or Snooky Boogers. <laughs> and... Um, when he got to the part about um, cutting the arms and legs off uh, his friend Marty uh, with the yeah. chainsaw, I was really excited to be in the same room as Marty, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. Torso Boy, because I, I don't know if Al ever admitted it, but, uh, David, it's it's largely accepted or known that um, right. that's a shout-out to Marty Lick, right? Right, yes. Has Al ever confirmed it, do you know? Or is it just... Um... Uh, that's an excellent question to ask uh, Marty Lick if we ever have him as a guest on the podcast. I'm sure we will. I'm sure he has. Uh, he's, he's on the he's on the short list. He's on the list that we've had. You know, he's for many years of guests we would love to have on the podcast. But I don't uh, I don't 
I don't know. Off the top of my head, I don't know if he's ever confirmed it publicly or if it's privately said something to Marty about it. I feel like he probably has said something privately to Marty about it, but I don't know that for a fact. So I'll leave that up to Marty to fill us in. Um, so Al said existential quandary. He got the, uh, the lyric, uh, as it is recorded, um, running with scissors and, um, after, and then the show quote unquote ended, uh, because then they did their fake, um, going backstage thing. <laughs> right. And if you remember Friday for Friday show, I said, um, a couple of the guys went over to where Hawkeye was. Well, again, uh, Jim Bermuda and... Steve went right over to where Hawkeye was, and I noticed Jim talk, quote unquote, talking on what looked like a corded phone. <laughs> looked oh, like he wow. picked up a corded <laughs> phone from Hawkeye's uh, console and was like pretending to talk on the phone. Bermuda was Holy like, cow, wow, okay. was like kind of texting. Um, Al walked over and was waving at Suzanne and Nina. Um, Steve and Bermuda. Uh, I don't know if they took a picture of themselves or if they took um, took a picture of the audience, but they were kind of like you know messing around, and mm-hmm. um, and then you know of course Al decided to go back into uh, and and do more show, do the encore, and this is where I want to um, let you, Dave, and the audience in on uh, something that I I did not mention earlier intentionally. Um, I. On the, at the Friday show, uh, had a, a really good view of Ruben and Steve, so I um, I sent them some of the pictures I took uh, during that show, and mm-hmm. uh, Steve they were both you know happy to see him, and Steve really liked the photo. He actually did end up posting one of my photos. Um, oh, nice! But Steve said uh, this was earlier in the day Saturday. Hey, Ethan, can you do me a favor and can you film the uh, cover song tonight? I said, yeah, of course, Steve, you know, of course I would do that. And so he, he let me in on, on what song it was. And um, I was very excited because, Dave, it was the same song that you and I got to see on our first show back in Poughkeepsie. Um, he let me know that Al was oh. going to be doing You Can Call Me Al, which... Oh, what a great song, which yeah. was incredible. And um, when we talked to Steve that night in Poughkeepsie, that he told us that he spent a year working on that bass solo, right, to get it perfect because the bass is is like heavily featured in that song, and there's two times in it where um, he has to do this super fast, really right, awesome right. bass solo, and so Steve just um, wanted a video so he could see what it looked like from the audience because this is his special song where he worked so hard on the. The right, bass solo. Yeah. So, um, I didn't tell Jeremy. I, I think I, I I may have let it slip to a couple people um, what the cover was going to be, but I didn't tell Jeremy. And when the song started, I immediately got my my phone out to record. And Jeremy's like, like getting ready to scream. He's like so excited. And I like kind of like showed him my phone. And like was like, Shh, don't <laughs> like I'm trying to like I'm, I'm like I feel this pressure to take like you know, the best possible video. <laughs> I'm like nervous <laughs> that my arm's going to shake. And, and, um, you know, so Al introduced, it. I think similar to how he did in Poughkeepsie, he said that, um, you know, when people come up to him on the street, you know, they never know, should they call him weird or weird Al or they, he's, they're not sure. So he's like, so I wrote this song, um, to help those people out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
there's a part in the song where the song mentions my wife and family. And when Al uh-huh. sang that line, he lifted his arm and pointed at Suzanne and Nina, which was really sweet. Aww. And um, it just, it completely uh, tore the house down. I mean, it's such a great song. It's so hilarious for Al to sing that for, for so many reasons, you know. And, you know, Steve's bass solo was just incredible. Um, so I, I was really, really happy that I, I got to see, um, now both performances of You Can Call Me Out. Right. Um, and the video turned out really good and Steve was really happy with it. So, um. Oh, great. And I wanted to share <laughs> what I, uh, I hope it's okay. I don't, he didn't say anything, um, you know, s- super, um, you know, uh, private, but I wanted to share uh-huh my conversation with Steve uh, after he saw the video. Um, He said, thank you so much for doing this, Ethan. It's always interesting to see how it looks from the audience. It's a little strange, though, because on stage, it feels like there's so much activity going on, a lot of little things that make it all feel like a dance. But when I look at us in the video, we look so calm. So I responded to Steve. I said, well, don't forget, you guys are the tightest, most talented and longest running consistent band of all time. What may seem like the dirty process of the sausage getting made to you is just sweet, sweet musical bliss for us in the audience, as evidenced by this video. And all Steve wrote back was, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, um, I've, I've. I, I don't know for sure. I don't know for fact. I haven't asked anyone, but I feel like I'm speaking for for all of the fans when when I when I wrote that to Steve that um, you know us in the audience when we get to see this band and the this immense talent coming out of each of those guys, it's just right incredible and it really is just musical bliss. And that's why, you know, Dave, you and I are going to all these shows and we're traveling the country to see Al so many times and in the band because it's just such a an amazing experience and um, it's just incredible. So uh, get, having that opportunity, having that dialogue to sort of put into words sort of how I feel um, when I'm seeing, you know, Steve and, and the guys performing on stage, uh, it was it felt like a cool opportunity. And I like that it sort of left Steve speechless. um so uh so that was very cool and you you can call me al was was great and if they do it again i hope i'm there i hope i i keep the record Um, (laughs) although jeremy jeremy does share the record with me of seeing uh both of them so far yeah which is kind of cool that of the entire like thousand plus people there the two people who saw them perform before were sitting next to each other um (laughs) So then uh, Al announced uh, that the official legal end time was was right now. If you were at the show last night, you can head out, you can beat traffic because they will be repeating <laughs> a song. So 1026 was the official end time okay. of the show. And then they went into the unplugged medley, which of course consists yep. of uh, Amish Paradise, Smells Like Nirvana, White and Nerdy, Word Crimes, Yoda and Yoda Chant. And... Um, the official um, end time for people who were not there uh, the first night was 1035. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Al said, thank you, Chicago. Um, I love you all. Good night. Hmm. Um, 
so it was very, very, um, very good show. Uh, it, cool. You know, it cemented uh, that I um, my decision of adding the show last minute and flying out and getting a right. hotel and you know going through all the trouble, but. It was just the two shows were really great. The venue was spectacular. Uh, it was just surrounded by good friends, uh, new and old. Um, got to meet some really cool people, so I, I was really happy with it, Dave. And I thought it was a great show. Um, afterwards, um, I did not have any VIP or anything like that, um, but I did get to spend a, a little time getting to chat with some people, um, and I was really happy because there was one person that I still hadn't gotten to meet. And that was uh, Mike Hoffman. Um, oh, right. Yeah, uh, Our Mike, friend yeah. and, and super fan. He's the guy behind the Dr. Demento um, documentary that was shown at Alcon. And, and he, he's, you know, he's, he's been an uh, integral part of the Weird Al community. And so, oh, for sure. So yeah. I was very happy that I got to, uh, uh, before the night was over, I got to meet Mike uh, officially in person. I got to meet Mike. I got to meet... Um, uh, his uh, two of his children, Evan and Skyler, who were there, and they were, I think, like thirteen or fourteen years old, and they just had such a great time. They were <laughs> so excited. They they really loved the show. They were really happy with the songs they got to hear. Um, <laughs> Skyler was wearing a Motley Crue t shirt, um, so I guess she hadn't really heard um, "Lame Claim to Fame." So when when the part where he says Motley Crue, she got really excited and, I guess, pointed to her shirt, is what Mike was saying. Um, so we we kind of waited around a little bit, tried to talk to people um, until we got kicked out onto the street. <laughs> and, of course, you know how it goes, Dave. Um, yeah. You know, you want to talk as long as possible. I got to officially meet uh, Steve's son, Max, uh, who was willing to uh, lower the headphones to uh, to talk to oh, me okay. briefly. Yeah. I gave him some stickers and um, cool. Then a, a small group of us um, decided, "Hey, let's go try and uh, say hi to the band. Let's see if they're at the bus." Um, so I think it was Mike Hoffman and his two kids, um, Chad, aka Metal Al, and James and Jeremy. Uh, I think it was just the seven of us um, walked around until we found where the buses were parked and. Um, while we we're waiting there, Emo came out and he was uh, kind of talking to oh. some of his friends. And it turns out one of his friends was none other than Tom Cavanaugh. The uh... <laughs> oh Tim Cavanaugh. Tim, yeah. Tim Cavanaugh. Thank you. Uh, yeah. It's funny because there's an actor named Tom Cavanaugh. Um, oh. <laughs> he's in in the show um, The Flash, uh, which I've watched. Uh, oh, okay. So I knew I was going to get them mixed up at some point. So thank you. Dave. <laughs> uh, so he was there and. Uh, I didn't want to bug emo. I mean, you know, I know, um, but um, after right. after Tim left, we said hi to Tim again, and and uh, I think Mike and Tim knew each other a little bit, so they talked a little bit. Uh, but then emo came back and and he offered to take pictures with everyone, so we each um, did a socially distanced shot with emo. And, oh, cool! Um, emo remembered Mike, of course, because Mike interviewed him for. Um, the Dr. Demento uh, documentary oh, right. and you know, he said for like hours in his, in his house <laughs> or something. And he, <laughs> he actually had a couple pictures on his phone that he showed me of, of him and emo posing with the TV with uh, uh, a paused Dr. Demento still. Um, so it was really <laughs> nice. nice. And, uh, and uh, it was, you know, it was good to, to see emo and um, I haven't gotten a picture with him this tour. So that was cool to, to grab one. Um, 
And then it was like, we're kind of waiting and uh, like a security guard was out there. He's like, you know, uh, when Al comes out, he's not going to like sign anything or take pictures. Um, there were a couple uh, people there who were not with, with our little group. And uh, we're like, oh yeah, we're, we're, we're actually waiting to see like Steve or Ruben or Jim. Um, the guys didn't know who they were. He's like, okay. <laughs> you probably thought we were nuts. Um, and so then I, uh, I, I texted Ruben. I was like, hey, if, you know, are you guys coming out? He's like, no, we're already at the hotel. We've been here for like oh, an hour. Wow. I guess like as soon as the show ended, they had like a bus that uh, took them back oh, to the right, hotel right. because they had a day off uh, oh, okay. in Chicago, a day or two off. So, um, so they wouldn't have gone to the bus. So we, we, we didn't consider that, but, um, really it was just a, a way to extend us just kind of hanging out and chatting. And so, uh, so once we heard they weren't coming, we're like, well, we're not going to stand here and like, <laughs> you know, bug Al <laughs> when he comes out. So we left, um, and, uh, it was a great night and I, yeah, I went back to my hotel room and didn't sleep and then came home and was attacked <laughs> by sleep. hornets. <laughs> Uh, but I su- oh, that's crazy. Uh, Dave, I suppose we need to, uh, you need to name your, your pick of the night. Oh, yeah. Jeez. All right. This will be tough because uh, I, th- I think it will be a tough choice for you, too, because you probably have a pick of the night for you, but you have to try to guess what I would have picked if I was there right? and I wasn't there. And I'm just going off of what you told me and what I imagined is happening in my, in, in my mind as you're telling me these uh about all these wonderful songs. Don't look at your phone, Dave. I just texted you my guess. Okay, I won't. <laughs> I won't do that. Uh, there's, I think, three that I've narrowed it down to. Do you need me? Did oh. you write down the songs as I was saying them? Yeah, I have the I have the set list in front of me. I have the okay. I wrote down the set list as you were were uh, going through it. Okay. So um, the. the I'll give you I'll give you the three that I've narrowed it down to, and I haven't made the decision yet, so don't say anything yet. Okay. Uh, but but uh, but make sure we have that song ready because I do have to make a decision. All right. Um, so the the first one that I, I threw in the uh, in the in the mix was uh, Skipper Dan, and mm-hmm. I threw that in there because I felt uh, I felt like as you were describing the waterfall effect happening mm. on that domed roof. I felt like I would have really enjoyed seeing that. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Certainly did in my mind. Uh, the other one I threw in, well, <laughs> not quite yet. No, <laughs> no, no. That one I can uh, blame just, on Frank. That was Frank's fault. That was Frank's fault. Okay. Well, I can. Uh, I got two more to go through before I make the decision. <laughs> uh, the other one uh, was was uh, the other one that I threw in the, the list was Frank's two thousand inch TV. And uh, based off of your description of uh, the fact that you caught out of the corner of your eye uh, Suzanne up in the rafters somewhere dancing <laughs> t- to that song, I felt like I would have uh, I would have probably picked that up as well if I was sitting near you and had a view of that. Yep. Uh, I, I, so I felt like that one probably would have uh, influenced my decision if it was you know her favorite her pick of the the night we don't have a song for suzanne's pick of the night for suzanne's <laughs> pick of the night then it, it might have been my pick of the night okay um the the third the third one that's in the mix is you don't love me anymore and that is because uh, you mentioned that there was a little bit which we're still undecided if this is a prop or an actual instrument <laughs> but he took out the uh the jingle dingle and he uh was was 
tempting to play that, and I felt like that's something that I would have uh, I would have enjoyed as well. So, oof. Those are the oof, only three. Oof. Um, I think so. Oh, unless geez. I'm unless I'm missing. I'm missing something, forgetting something. I remember I wasn't there. You weren't there, so uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to influence your decision, but <laughs> <laughs> there might have been something else that I'm, that's obvious that I'm missing. Perhaps. Oh, <laughs> oh! I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't write this one down. That's my fault. Uh, uh, the the encore song. Um, you you can call me Al. I felt like uh, I really, I don't know if I made that my pick of the night in, in the first. Oh, I wouldn't have because there was no. another song that definitely trumped that. <laughs> <laughs> definitely have not made that my pick of the night uh, before. So um, I do enjoy that song and I did enjoy hearing that song in Poughkeepsie. So, uh, yeah, you can call me out would have been in there too. Ooh, that's a tough decision. Those four. Uh, and, and, and I think if I had to pick four that you would have liked, I, I I would think that you would like those. I might also think you would like Fun Zone, just since that was the final Jeopardy question. Um, oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I would, th- yeah, but I agree that you would have liked Skipper Dan, um, because of the waterfall. Because I know uh-huh. now that now that once you saw once you saw the light, <laughs> uh, literally once you saw the light, I knew you became a fan of that. Um, I knew um, you know Suzanne bopping along to Frank's would have been exciting, um, and you don't love me anymore, Al. Potentially, uh, add you know adding the gag. I won't say it's a prop, but you know having the gag in there um, was a, a nice departure. And then um, of course. Um, Ooh. I wanted to make sure you you didn't forget uh, the other one because of you know you don't call me Al and the great bass solos and stuff. Um, yeah, you can call me Al. Oh boy, yeah, the bass solos from Steve. Ooh, 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 this is a tough one. I feel like uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I totally I didn't write that one down, so I would I didn't even, wasn't even on my list. Uh, but I'm glad you mentioned it because I think I think I'm leaning towards that because uh, Skipper Dan I wasn't there to see the waterfall but the waterfall is just a tiny little part of the song I wasn't there to see Suzanne bopping along um, so I don't know you know I don't and I don't know if uh, if well I, I've probably based uh, my pick of the night off of audience um, reactions before so. That's possible. Uh, the jingle dingle. I feel like uh, if it was as funny as you, you described it to be, I feel like I will. I'll have an opportunity to see something like that similar again. That's true. On, That's true. On another. On it, another. It, uh, it did get a show. really good audience reaction. People yeah. like. I would say even more so than when he's had the guitar as the prop. Because oh wow, because the guitar, you kind of are expecting something because he's sitting there with a the guitar. But the fact that he like specifically reached over, like <laughs> and the way he did it was like so like like um, you know sneakily like like oh okay I'm gonna do it like you know it, he sold it really well and so it did get a really okay, good reaction. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, we gotta wrap this up sometime in the, okay. before four a.m. Okay. So uh, I'm gonna. I'm ready. If you're, I'm ready. I have made my pick. If you're ready for okay. the theme song, let's let's hear it. Let's hear it, Frank. Even though he's not here, but still working. <laughs> it's dead. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Hopefully they can so hear So Dave's... <laughs> I can hear it fine. Dave's pick of the night is... You can call me Al. And that's what I wrote down. Yay! <laughs> I was getting nervous there. I, I figured you, you weren't writing stuff down after the encore, so I had to... Yeah, make... you're right. You're right. I, I totally... I. I totally did not write down after Albuquerque. Uh, so yes, uh, yeah. Right, so I'm glad. And, hopefully, and, and I, I know that's hopefully a, I didn't influence your decision. I tried to also talk up the other ones to you know give you added reasons for those. I mean, you, you sort of did influence my decision because I would have totally forgotten about it uh, if you hadn't mentioned it. But had I been at the concert and had I uh, seen Steve's awesome, awesome bass solos like he did in the uh, the first time i did hear you call me al i probably would have gone with that because i do love that song that that you know uh, there obviously were other uh, reasons why i didn't pick that song uh, in poughkeepsie uh, right but yeah i would uh, <laughs> i would uh, i would that was definitely would have been up on the list uh, you can call me out what an amazing what an amazing cover song that is that, it is what a great song it, and i yeah. hope that i hope that you know i know uh we've you know that when we talked to Bermuda, he's on the podcast. He mentioned that there might be some songs that they do more than once. I hope that you can call me out as a song that they do more than twice on the tour. It still is relatively early in the tour. Yeah, it looks uh, like uh, I'm just looking at Brad's spreadsheet right now. It looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen of the covers have been played more than once. They've been played mm. twice. So. Well, hopefully, uh, at, at another show where I'll be at, I get to hear you can call me out again. Um, but yeah, so that that's my, my, my that made me without seeing the concert. But uh, that'll be my pick of the night, and I think that means that uh, you are still you are still one hundred percent on my guesses. Uh, yes, and I, I mean maybe there's an asterisk for this one. What we should have done um, if we do another Ethan only, um, we should go through. Uh, all the songs just by title just to make sure um you're not missing any um but i I hope i didn't influence your decision because i wouldn't want the record based on me influencing anything Uh, no i mean and the only and and i mean when i said you influenced my decision was just the fact i did not write that song down so you remind so you didn't really influence it you just reminded me that that song but if uh if lieutenant dan is listening he may think otherwise (laughs) so i I just want to Put out there that I'll put an asterisk on this one. Um, although I don't think Dave, me getting yeah, him right, I don't, think I don't think me getting him right for shows you didn't go to are necessarily counting towards the record, but they're just their their gratuity added to the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is not staged in any way. We, 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 had, we, we Ethan really tries to guess what I did, what I pick, and he really every single time nails it. So he knows me. He knows me better than I know myself because he knew I was going to pick. You can call me Alan, and I didn't even know I was going to pick it because I didn't even know it was on the list. <laughs> well, it was. A, yes, it was a great show, yes. Dave. Again, I wish you could have been there. I, I know you would have had a great time. Um, oh yeah, I mean, just the, the fact you know that all the. I mean, the, the concerts, the two shows you reviewed sound amazing. You know, the fact, you know, just all the amazing, you know, my, you know, my friends and past guests of the podcast and celebrity, you know, in the Weird Al community that you've met, 
in Chicago. I knew you would you would have a great time. I knew you would meet a ton of a ton of people that you know are are important people in the Weird Al community and a ton of our listeners too. Apparently, you know, a few of them yeah. recognized you as Ethan. A few of them had no idea who you were, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> knew just knew you were a podcast person. No, uh, really. Uh, I mean, I did the, just uh, that is one of one of the you know many reasons why I do go to so many shows is so I can get to hang out with as many you know people as I can in person. So that's really cool that you got to meet so many uh, amazing people on on this trip. Yeah, it was it was uh, a lot of fun, and um, I'm glad that I did it. I'm glad I added it last minute. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I hope, I hope, uh, to go out to Chicago again, even if not for shows, just to, uh, get yeah. to spend more time with, uh, with these great people and, and anyone that I missed. Um, I know like our, our listener Tyler <coughs> was at the shows and I, I didn't see, or no, I think he was only at the Friday show. I didn't see him. So I, I wish I could have seen him. Uh, and there uh-huh. were, I'm sure other people who I'm oh, not yeah. thinking about, sh- uh, <laughs> uh, uh, up my sleep deprived head. So, <laughs> um, I, your hornet, your hornet stung head. And yes, I do want to say yeah. one thing, Dave, just looking at, yep. um, Brad Hebert's spreadsheet. It looks like of the, the regular, um, before the encore list, the only three songs that Al did not play in Chicago were, the two Christmas songs, Christmas at Ground Zero and The Night Santa Went Crazy, and Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast theme song. <laughs> so um, that, huh. that's a pretty – that's I, I, I haven't looked at the two shows like that before to see how close they were um, or if they right. checked all the boxes. Um, so gotcha. yeah, I've, I feel like when they go through, when he goes through the two shows in a row, there's about there's like two or three songs that just don't make it into one of those three songs. Yeah. enough on the list. Yeah. So, all right, very cool. Well, thanks for sharing your amazing review of the uh, two concerts in Chicago this past weekend. Well, I hope you uh, get some rest because you do have to uh, then later on this week board another plane, head off to <laughs> two more <planes>. Minnesota. <laughs> two more planes. Oh, you got a, oh, a layover. Yeah, I got a layover. Oh, boy. Have fun. So we'll be, uh, both of us will be teaming back up again. We will be heading this weekend along with uh, with Jackie and we're, of course, we're meeting plenty of people in Minnesota as well. Uh, we're heading off to Minnesota, our first show, July 23rd at, in Mankato, Minnesota. And our next show, my birthday show, July 24th, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And geez, I really hope at one of these shows, he plays the, the biggest ball twine in Minnesota. That would be awesome. It'd be I, a travesty yes, if he doesn't. I agree. <laughs> I I hope it. Um, I remember uh, back in the 2018 Vanity Tour. Didn't he sort of like um, bait the audience with like fake versions of Albuquerque when he was in Albuquerque? So I hope <laughs> right. I hope we get teased a little bit as an audience about uh that song throughout i think that'd be great kind of the way he did uh all star it would be great if he (laughs) did that for us that'd be fun that would be fun all right well thanks for joining or thanks for sharing everything with us and until next time That was Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast. Ridiculously self-indulgent. Bonus episode, 26 centimeters.